Well, good afternoon, everyone. Well, I'm very glad to be back at my alma mater to share with you all about my business experience. First of all, I'd like to thank Mr. Eric Hill and Mr. Jen Green for inviting me to give this talk. This is my first time doing this talk, so I'm quite nervous. <laughs> I hope by the time of this sharing session, I'll be able to leave you with some useful insight and inspire you to go after your own dream. This is how what makes this such a wonderful adventure like Indiana Jones. You never know what you'll find on your journey. It might be the unsuspected treasure of a new market, the glamour of a new product, or the joy of discovering or developing abilities that you never knew you had. Of course, you'll also find men-eating competitors and piece of vipers. But as business students or engineering students, you know that all great adventures come with a certain amount of risk. Growing up, I had always wanted to start a business. I was always very enterprising in business venture in high school and organizing various kinds of activities. Looking back, I probably just enjoyed being a leader. I also had a sense of adventure and love to travel. And that all led me to leave my native country, Malaysia, and come to Mississippi State University. That's when my story began. As an entrepreneur, right here on this campus in Hamling Hall. Anybody knows where Hamling Hall was? <laughs> it's no longer there. During my first semester, my college roommate, Mubashi Chima, and I read a copy of Computer Shopper magazine and realized the demand for PCs on campus. We decided to catch the wave and started a business of IT product sales. We were both computer engineering students, so we have some knowledge of IT products. We started selling white box PC out of our dorm, uh, not very spacious dorm room. It was fun and very low risk. Our well-taught marketing plan consisted of printing flyers in the computer labs and posting them all around campus. Within weeks, students and faculty started calling us to place orders in our dorm. So after paying a $20 registration fee at City Hall, we were in business. That was easy and painless. Then, with the increased popularity of bulletin boards and later the internet, the demand for modems to get online increased tremendously. 
we have international customers looking to purchase modems from all around the world. At the same time, we venture into a distribution model. Sourcing IT products from a distributor made it easy for us to expand our offerings beyond just PC and modems. <coughs> so that's our first online catalog in 1994. Um, so Ingram Micro is the world's largest IT distributor. We took their entire catalog in floppy disks, probably 12 to 15 of those, wrote HTML codes, and loaded the entire catalog in our server. And our initial catalog has more than 100,000 products. See that? 130,000. Um, in 1994, the e-commerce site www.sparkle.com was the world's largest computer catalog online. You can see we even allowed end user to download the whole catalog in the DOS format. In fact, a number of books reference our sparkle.com website in discussing how to use HTML for web development and building an e-commerce website. To the best of my knowledge, we are the oldest e-commerce website still in business today. So now we have our first expansion. Uh, at this point, we have business from local and international markets. We have outgrown ourselves in resources and space in Hamling Hall. We rented a space at the research park. With that, it came with Lake Wheel, utilities, daily office cleaning services, and the best part, T1 Internet. We closed with T3 Speed. So the high speed internet put us in the fast lane for our next phase of growth. So that's the picture of Ubashi Chima. In the pictures, um, you can see Sparkle Communications at the top of the background side. Today, we are still business partners, but he is living on the West Coast and work with us remotely. Um, 
finding the right partners is key to starting and sustaining business. Shima and I focus on our core competencies to complement each other's skill. Using a classic division of labor, Shima addressed the online business and I focused my efforts on the brick and mortar Unistar computers. While Chima was busy writing codes and managed Sparkle, I was the sole person in charge of Unistar's storefront sales, marketing, technical support, and accounting. Needless to say, it was a great learning experience. Before long, we hired several employees for some function in the company. Merging. So in 1997, we realized running two separate companies presented a variety of problems. So we decided to merge the two companies to form Unistar Sparkle Computers. And that's the name that we have now. Um, the merger transformed the problems into advantages. It gave us a bigger buying power simplified processes, and a lot less repetition. Our entire business model became much more streamlined and manageable. So SLAP, you see this word? Stand for State Local <coughs> Education. And so around that same time, many customers told us about their pain points of sourcing IT products without certain contracts. We started looking into contracts for state and local government and education market. That's a nice example of how we listen to our customers' needs. By listening, we learn about discounted pricing offered by, from vendors to select customers. By entering into the select market, it introduced us to vertical market contracts and also help us prepare for going after various state government and education contracts. So with what we learned, we put together a nationwide marketing campaign that target uh, higher education institutions. After six months of hard work, we were awarded our first Mississippi EPL as an express products list contract. Um, with that contract, it brought in a steady flow of business from state, government, and education institutions within Mississippi. Meanwhile, our marketing campaign landed us many educational institutions throughout the country. The diversification into the slack market is actually what saved us from the dot-com crash that brought down many companies. So in the late 90s, we saw some great times in the, uh, the dot-com market and then came late 90s, the dot-com bubble. E-commerce was taking up about, after e-commerce taking off, um, the bubble came and it eventually 
it actually helped us with the dot-com uh, verse. It took away a lot of competitors without real business uh, or marketing plan in our space. And of all the dot-com. <coughs> but we remained profitable at that time. The reason we have a slack market business. So I guess the old saying, what doesn't kill you, make you stronger. That's true in our case. Then the federal market. Um, the dot-com crash reminds us of the importance of diversification. Again, we try to further diversify our go-to-market strategy. We realize the largest customer in the US is the federal government. With some guidance from the Northeast Mississippi Contract Procurement Center, we won our first GSA contract in 2002. With the new federal government still <coughs> added to our skill as growing slack business and consumer market, and even stronger strategic partnership with our distributors became more critical. At this time, we needed to have a bigger expansion. With the expansion plan came the biggest challenge, where? Since we did most of our uh, business, probably 70% of our business with Ingram Micro, Ingram Micro is the world largest IT distributor. Um, we look at the, all the distribution centers, in Chicago, Dallas, Atlanta, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and we decided to stay closer to home. Optimal site turned out to be Millington, just 10 miles north of downtown Memphis. Having Ingram right across the street from us gave us the advantage of doing daily will call in addition to our dropship model, in which the distribution shifts products on our behalf, that's dropship. Um, the will call method enables us to do configurations, integrations, and consolidate everything that we have into one shipment. So that's the customized solution that we do for uh, customers. We still do that. Um, what is more, the FedEx hub made the fastest possible shipping. So we have until 11 o'clock at night to get the shipments out. That was huge. So this was Red Lantern Days for Unistar Sparkle. We had our groundbreaking on January 24, 2003. And our Sparkle team relocated on July 4th to Memphis that same year. The person with the yellow glove is me, uh, putting, my, putting my best foot forward. It looks like I was holding the shower upside down. <laughs> <laughs> so, continued business development. Um, in the following years, we pursue in many ways to strengthen our company and go to market penetrations. We developed more and more business uh, in federal space, 
leverage our online shopping expertise for all market segments. And we also continue our IT offering for the GSA market and expanded to various markets. And our campaign, marketing campaign consists of like trade shows, vendor, uh, vendor relations, training, and loss certifications. Trademark. Well, persistence breaks down the wall of resistance. Remember that. Keep trying. After years of trying to register our trademark, we finally got it approved in 2008. So you can see the evolution of our logo. That was old, and then we have 130,000 computer products, and that's our, our logo today. And in registering our trademark, we also protected our logo brand, our greatest asset. So in 2008, we received our SBA, AA, and SDB certifications. The SBA AA is a special program to help grow small business <coughs> in the federal space. Around that time, we also opened our IBM Blade Center and Storage Solutions. So that's uh, we're the only company in West Tennessee that has IBM uh, BSSC Center to showcase IBM technologies. Then came the financial crisis in 2008. Um, thank goodness, and the way that we do business, the Great Recessions did not have a large impact on our company. We were able to weather the 2008 financial crisis. We did have to write off some accounts receivable, but fortunately, we did not extend too much credit and we did not have any single customers that made up more than 5% of our revenue. So the major reason that we survived and even flourished is because we successfully diversified our go-to-market strategy. Another blessing was that the federal government always paid. So remember that. Federal government always paid. So we managed to remain debt-free and hold on to a healthy working capital. the IT solutions provider, we also look at some of the renewable energy solutions. We're the first business in West Tennessee to see a brand to install solar system in our headquarters. The 21.6 kilowatt 120 solar panel on our headquarters provides about 35% of our energy use. At the same time, we're very proud to receive the Inver Micro Galvet Alliance Spotlight uh, the Partnership Award in 2009. The following year, we won contracts from Memphis City Schools for PC sourcing and services. So this market has allowed the company to venture into more solution and service offering. 
can become a system integrator. So we're in charge of probably about 250 schools in the Memphis area, under the Memphis school system. And then in 2011, uh, Ingram presented us with our GAFET Alliance Federal Partnership Award. Now, more expansion. Um, we had several milestones in 2012. First, we won a uh, Department of Homeland Security, the DHS, first source two contract. Then we ran out of space in our effort and uh, in our office and fulfillment center. To keep up with our steady growth, we expanded our headquarters, doubling size. And again, the person in the middle is me. This time, everyone make sure I hold the show right. Mm -hmm. And in the next two years, we continue to build a more solid foundations by getting more uh, contracts and certification. One significant certification is our ISO 20000 um, as a IT service management system. So that helps us branch into more uh, IT services and operate the business in a more systematic way. Last year, we expanded our data center and set up a network operations center. And this year, we received an award from SBA Small Business Administration uh, as MCAA Small Business of the Year. That's the history of Sparkle and pretty much the history of my life. I can't believe I just covered a quarter century in a few minutes. <laughs> well, when I first started out, I did not have the advantage of studying how to be an entrepreneur. As the saying goes, I had to learn on the fly. But experience has a, a great it has been a great teacher. Along the way, experience and the adventures and the surprises helped me grow in many ways. I think everyone's experience in building a company is unique because everyone has different skill sets and needs and we all face different challenges. So I cannot say that what I learned along my journey is true for all, but I would like to share with you what I think were the most important lessons that I learned. Um, so adapt to change. As an entrepreneur or anyone in business, adapting to change should come naturally. But saying it and doing it are two different things. You have to be ready to change constantly based on the economic situations, market demand, or the business itself. It has to be part of the way you think and the way you approach everything you do. Not just business. It's, it's also part of your focus on your clients, about which I will talk later. Um, so thinking about some of the uh, sparkle creator moments in terms of survival and ability to seize opportunities. I think being 
free of debt and in a healthy financial position was crucial. Of course, at times, borrowing is very the best option you have and even necessary. But that can also be a killer. And without healthy finances, many opportunities are lost. It's also true that being diversified saves more than once. You do not want to have all your eggs in one basket. And no matter how busy you are, set aside, set aside some time to keep the accurate records. Without good records, an IRS audit could be a nightmare. So far, we have had three adventures with the IRS. And I'm very glad to say there was no problem found. And accounting department did a great job. All records were great. So, so that was the IRS audit. And also, all processes need to be clear and well documented. That includes workflow from sales to fulfillment to accounting. It also includes our IT support because all customers have IT need issues and it includes an escalation process along with how and when it triggers an urgent response. And that also includes project management. At Sparkle, we use plan, do, check, act formula. Before we start any project, we plan on what we are going to do and when we are going to get it completed on time. So that's the planning section. Um, the do part includes performing, performing the work according to the processes and documenting what you do during the project. Then we check to verify everything was done properly according to the plan. And then finally, based on the result, we add to make needed changes and incorporate uh, into our process any lessons We listen to our clients and incorporate those needs into our business model. Sparkle learned a lot from our clients and the need to adapt to change. invest in IT uh, in security. So there are two types of security, IT and physical security. I probably don't have to emphasize the need of physical security. We have heard, we have all heard on, of the recent IT security breaches. And without a disaster recovery plan, it could be a huge problem. Just a, uh, a while back, we have a, a hardware failure. And no one could access our server. Luckily, we have a very good backup plan in place. And after four days of restoring the data and rebuilding our server, we're, we're finally back in business. So make sure that's <coughs> the recovery. Continuous improvement. If, so we know that everything is constantly changing. It makes sense that we have to constantly improve ourselves just to keep up. For IT, 
certification are a great way to keep our technical staff current or ahead of the curve. It also promotes a sense of growth and pride. And we also encourage our other team members to improve themselves. That, that could range from marketing, sales processes, uh, sales engagement, or setting up the program management office with our consultants. Another great example is our ISO 20,000 certification. It helped us um, put in place the industry best practice at our office for IT support and services. Next is our customers purchasing and payment uh, patterns. So you, you see that in my presentation that we have customers from state, local, and education, federal, and commercial space. So for education and state local government, yeah, fiscal year end is mostly at the end of June. So you want to target state local and education market in April, May, and June. For federal, yeah, fiscal year end is end of September. So you need to ramp up your sales in July, August, and September. And for corporate and consumer, um, you usually uh, coincide with the calendar year at the end of the year. Then comes the payment patterns. So education customers pay from 15 to 60 days. Federal customers could pay uh, from 30 to 90 days. And commercial markets are um, one week could be six months, so you have to be careful on that. And that can impact your financial uh, bottom line. <coughs> and then the partnership, what I learned. So there are three types of partnership. The first one is with our distributors. Um, the partnership gives us access to uh, different solutions and pricing level. And and also the choice of vendors that partner with distributors. And the second partnership is with the uh, vendors like IBM, HP, Lenovo. So IBM is one of our strong partners. Uh, the partnership helped us bring cutting edge technology to our end users. And also IBM helped us uh, help the funding for equipment in our demo center and fund the our expertise to showcase our, our solutions. And the third partnership with, with other solutions providers. Um, this enables to offer other solutions for which we don't have in-house expertise and also help us expand our reach to clients nationwide. Well, I'm sure I, I learned more than that since my days in Hamlin Hall. But those are the most important things uh, to me. There are many books offer a long list of factors for starting up and building a, a successful business. My experience teaches me three factors. Uh, the first is passion. You have to be passionate about what you do and what you want to achieve. Without passions, 
you won't be able to make the necessary sacrifice to get where you want. In addition to passion, you need a great team that shares your visions. You have to have like-minded people that work together to reach the company goals. That's the beginning of the corporate culture when you have everyone that works towards the goal. And the last is the people, process, and product. <coughs> um, you need all three for a successful business. You don't need the most brilliant person uh, people, but you do need dedicated and hardworking employees who believe what they do is important. You need, a, you need a clear process that are well documented, suited to the needs and flexible enough to be constantly improved. And you need products or services that meet the needs of your customers and can be readily changed, modified, improved or replaced to meet your customers' constantly changing needs. So now, starting your own business, Market analysis. I have talked about how I started the business, history, lessons learned, and what I think are important factors for a successful business. Now I want to briefly mention what you need to do before starting your own business. Besides funding, of course, you need to do a market analysis as in-depth as possible. I was lucky because I found an article that showed me the treasure map. Your adventure will probably take more than, uh, more than uh, that. So is your idea going to meet or create a demand? Or maybe the demand is out there already. Is the demand going to last? What about competitors? How big is the potential market? Those are some of the questions that you might have. You also need to know yourself. Are you resilient enough to try over and over, and then over and over again until you get it right? Engaging in a startup can be a financial, psychological, and emotional roller coaster. Can you handle that? How about work experience? Do you have hands-on knowledge of the industry? You're going to target, or can you substitute current knowledge? In any case, there are a lot of resources out there. So, if you can find a mentor to coach you throughout your business, that would be great. A mentor can help you find the answer in many situations that you might have not thought of before. Some federal agencies have this mental project program to help small business to grow uh, from learning from a large corporation. If you cannot find a mentor, try to find a peer support group. Sharing your knowledge and experience with other business owners can clarify your thinking and you'll learn quickly from their experience. Last, corporate citizenship. Give back to the community. Engage with your communities, participate in community events, 
and donate to local organization. I think you'll find that you do well by doing good. So start, starting my own business was a great fun. It was certainly exciting and it is an adventure that never ends. Thank you for inviting me to be here today and to listen to my story.
either rebuild the file or get fixing the mis mistake. We have to make a decision, team together. We fix the mistake and get working on it until I think that Sunday at 4 p.m. A flight out was like 6.30 that evening to DC to deliver the proposal. Finish it, put it into a CD, pack it, and get on the plane. So, so something that taught me was that programming, do not give up, get trying. Awesome. So, uh, help us understand what that contract means for your company, because clearly you invested a lot of time and labor in it. Yeah. So, so, you want, so when you build a business, you you started to have like one product or one um, solution that bring in more most of the revenue but you don't want to rely on just that one product or contract you want to venture out to more uh, different products um, different solutions that bring in other um, sales and profits um, but the the, but you still have your main line of products that bring in majority of the uh, profit. The NASA suit five contracts is a ten years, uh, twenty billion dollars contract, and that will be like the foundation of the company to grow to the next level. Talk about your 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 partner a little bit. So. Met your partner. He was also a computer engineering student. Yeah. And and so we all met in school. And then how did you end up combining these businesses? So so my partner Shima, he loved computer. He loved programming. So see the the website that you saw. So we wrote all the codes like um, we use like. Um, a lot of different database programming, open source, <coughs> operating systems, and we wrote I think at least ten thousand lines of code, six months to a year, um, and so he focused on that part of business, coding, and online sales, and then I started to learn how to do like uh, put a PC together and the sales operations. In the brick and mortar, like you need computers back then. Um, repair, PC, um, accounting, marketing, branding, sales. So that was my forte. And then we kind of said, like, well, instead of doing it like, separate that way, why don't we combine it together and simplify everything? So now on the retail storefront, we can use the shopping cart to run the business. At the same time, the online sales could use some of the marketing skills that we have uh, in the storefront to do the marketing. Was it a 50-50 partnership or were others involved? It was 50-50. And then later on, we, we offer uh, employee stock options. So that's, how, that's one great way to retain some of your top talents and your management team to do a top employee stock option. Talk about some of the technology changes that you've got to adjust to. 
certainly in that time span, that many. Yeah, so it's not a technology that, well, back then, everybody just wanted to get online. It was easy place order, and you did not have any. Um, you don't have to worry much about the security breach, like credit card verification, things like that. Um, so we have credit card numbers, everything that's sent through internet, phone, and you have the records. But throughout the years, you have this PCI component that um, now credit card cannot be stored in the server. You cannot see it. The numbers. And you all heard about the target issue, right? So, so IT security has changed a lot. And IT security is probably, is probably one of the largest federal IT spending nowadays. And then you have mobility. From IT security, and you have mobility. And also cloud. So cloud is a big thing. Students asking, what initially grew your your interest to this uh, sled market? So um, we, when we first started, we had the dot com. So we had customers all around the world, commercial customers like phone user, um, just here and there. And believe it or not, it was some faculty members from Mississippi State University that told, told us. Um, we would like to get some IT products and we like to see that in Express Products List, the EPL. Okay, oh, what is that? So we started looking at the uh, Mississippi EPL contract and we found that, oh, it's not that difficult. We can figure it out and we worked on it for six months and we got the EPL contract. And because of that, we realized you need to have customer in different market segments. You don't want to have just consumer or corporate business, but um, state local education. And then that's how we branch out to federal cities. So would you say that was key in your company outlasting other e-commerce sites that failed? Yes, yes. Yeah, diversifying business. Um, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Um, and and since we got the EPL contract, we realized it could be something big in other markets. Um, so we started with Mississippi EPL contract. Now we have like Texas DIR contract that for Texas, and then we have Happen contract. Happen is like a state local communication. Contract. <coughs> so one in Pennsylvania that used mostly at East Coast, and we have another uh, pattern contract for California. So we try to have not just one or two contracts, but at least four or five in each of the set. Another student asking, uh, what do you feel makes your company unique? What is it that's special about Unistar's cargo that makes it competitive for things like this NASA grant or this NASA uh, proposal and others? Well, um, so first there are a lot of similarities and then we, and that's how we do things. In, in the office, we, we work very closely like family. 
um, most of the people that moved with us in 2003, they are still with the company. So we have quite a lot of employees stay with the company for more than 10 years. In the IT industry, you don't see that much. So we have very loyal um, employees. And we also get um, employees to buy in and, uh, on the ideas. So if you want to start, uh, say, a campaign to target certain markets, we get all the team together, maybe from project team, uh, IT support, sales, marketing, we get everyone together and come up with the idea. And if the employees, because it's employees' ideas, so they are, they'll buy in to do, to do the, the stuff instead of just the management decisions. Uh, looking back at your company now, um, almost 20 years old, right? 20, 20 something years old. Yeah, so <laughs> if, you, if you were starting it again today, what would you do differently if you could? Oh. Or is there anything you would change? Sometimes you have to seize the opportunity quick. Um, don't wait too long. Uh, make changes faster. So we use a few books on that. Um, we do not make change quick enough. Of course, we have like certain uh, several different market segments that help a company. But we and you're saying like. Um, Amazon, PayPal, all these businesses, sometimes they jump into the market quick with an idea. Um, we kind of miss some of the boats that we do not jump in and certain market quick enough. Shift gears a little bit to, to managing 40 employees coming from a dorm room. So uh, what do you feel is, what are some of your ideas of the best way to manage those employees? We we'll have to delegate uh, some functions and have a clear metric on what need to accomplish. Um, something that we we started in the last few years, um, in addition to the ISO certification that document a lot of processes in the company, so we have to follow certain process in making change uh, on risk management things like that. We also start this thing called LMS, Learning Management System. So, um, like internal tra like, uh, training to keep employees up to date. Do you find it hard to find employees that are passionate about what you're doing? Um, sometimes you're going to see that happen, but you try to engage um, everyone to work together in a team. So we do a lot of different activities outside the company, like we do our yearly trip. So um, we, at the beginning of the year, we set a target, like what we're gonna do, if we achieve that by say June, then we say we pick this uh, area. Like this year, a few weeks ago, we, the whole company, we just went to Orlando, Disney, and uh, Universal Studios. Last year, we did Puerto Rico, and the year before, we did uh, for, uh, TS. So, mm -hmm. so we came up with a creative way 
to get everyone engaged in the company. That sounds awesome. Where else have you all gone? Oh, <laughs> well, uh, Boston, um, uh, Colorado. Key West was probably the, <laughs> the most interesting destination. So we went there three times. Um, San Francisco. So we kind of some of those area, give it fun. Yeah. Your partner on the West Coast, um, how is that dynamic? Does that, that create any challenges? Does he manage any employees or? Um, he kind of more like a consultant. Uh, he still owns the, sh the majority share of the company. It's kind of like a silence partner and uh, run the day-to-day -day operations. Um, but I consult with him in a lot of major decisions. But he's a great programmer. Uh, anything that we need to do, we call him the programming side. In talking a little bit more on you, what, what made you decide this was the career path you Is this always what you wanted to do? Yeah, I kind of in high school and my first year in college, I really think like, huh, do I want to be an engineer? I don't want to do something, or can I combine both when I study and then do something IT and then kind of get into the business and I love it. There's so many challenges and Every day you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, what is going to happen today? Am I going to get some email from some customers, some, some IT issue, or accounting, um, or maybe an IRS? <laughs> you get a letter from IRS. You never know what you're going to see on that day. So every day is different. I, I like all those changes. What other questions, guys, that do you have for uh, for a speaker? I'll just to expand that a little bit. So, do you, you know, like in school, we kind of expect companies to do this Do you have a? Do you typically have a, like a schedule schedule events for the next day, or do you just kind of go into work and see what you have on the plate and get at it? I normally schedule in my, for my schedule. I I can't plan it like a whole month of planning So I still use this diary in addition to my outlook calendar. So I do both. Um, I kind of plan things in advance. Um, yeah, because when you're in a leadership position, you cannot have things like happen tomorrow or the day after. But of course, you're going to have some changes, something that break. It's going to change, um, and you have to postpone or delay the project just to handle some last-minute change. What other questions? <coughs> All right. Well, let's uh, thank Mr. Lim again for driving.